Welcome to episode 64 of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Coming to you practically live. Almost. From high atop the Mellow Mushroom here in downtown Metropolitan Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm your host, Nate Larkin, here with our fearless, peerless engineer, Mondo mm. Grimes. Yeah. Uh, the co-host, the Commodore... Aaron Porter, yeah. not with us today. What is his story? Before it was, he was stuck on the 405. Yeah, uh-huh. What's it today? Yeah. You know what? He put it back on me, and I have to, I think I have to take some blame here. Okay. He said he's been trying to call me all week to confirm that we were on, and that he never got me. Was your phone on? My phone was not on. I have kept my phone off all freaking week, because oh. the deadline on the, on the new book is approaching. Okay. And well, it, the problem is that the, yeah, the deadline is approaching, and the end of the book keeps moving farther away. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever had that sensation. You know, you th- yeah. The more I write, the farther away the finish line gets. Yeah. It's one of those things. So I, I'm in panic mode, and I have been turning the phone off. And so Aaron concluded that I was you know off in Afghanistan or something, and that we would <laughs> not have a podcast today. Okay. When I did reach him this morning. He was too far away from the studio to get there in time. All right, well, we'll miss him. Yes, we will. Well, we've got uh, two awesome dudes in the room with us right now. We do. We're going to have a we're going to have a great time yeah. today. With oh, Brian yeah. Harden and Mike Greenberg. Oh yeah. We're going to talk uh, about a very well, a couple of really cool things. Very good. Very good. Yeah, the Wind Farm Cafe and the Daily Audio Bible and all mm. kinds of really cool stuff. Okay. Okay. I got to tell you, uh, I, you know, we skipped a week last week. Yeah. Why, my why my apologies that? to our subscribers. Why is that? Uh, I, I was uh, asked by Daryl Waltrip, who I'm writing this book for, to to, to go with him to the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame. Oh, in, that's just terrible. In, in yeah. Charlotte, North Carolina. It's that's, pretty, just, uh, that's just awful time. A pretty sweet. I'm in, I'm in the green room. I'm in the green room with Richard Petty and oh, you know, yeah. all the gods of NASCAR. Mm-hmm. It oh, was tough, sweet. Tough life, bro. That's and good. we got some excellent news. Yeah, okay. Uh, Daryl's being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, the third class of the Hall of Fame, and he'll be enshrined in January, mm. just as the book is coming out. Oh, that's awesome! Could that be any? Could that be any prettier? That's awesome. So that's I'm awesome. grateful. It sounds like a God thing, getting it all set up. Well, how, how was uh, your Father's Day, man? My Father's Day rocked the house. We had a great time. Um, we. Uh, my youngest son wasn't here because we just saw him the weekend before. Did I tell you about that? We went to his birthday party. No, you didn't say that. No. Yeah, my youngest son and his wife are a day apart. They were, okay. So their okay. birthdays are on successive days. Yeah. Both turning 30 this year. They live in uh, in Knoxville. and those, So they decided to have a theme party. They rented a big room at a place mm-hmm. there. And they uh, they decided to have a King of the Hill party. Okay. Okay, that's okay. the TV show. Right. The TV show, okay. yeah. Right. And you had to come um, dressed as a character. Okay. And they painted up the background, beautiful. They painted up the, the alley from the front of the show, mm-hmm. the one where the guys were always standing out yeah. in front of it, right? Yeah. yeah. They, they did a full-size version of that, so they shot it. And, and uh, uh, Anyway, it was, it was, it was uh, absolutely awesome we had a blast well, that's good man. but father's day daughter came over yeah. and she and i went on a hike along the natchez trace okay. she and Allie took me to lunch yeah and uh and my oldest son his wife and boys came over they gave me a great gift they gave me for father's day a scratch off map of the world 
<laughs> it's awesome. Okay. Full size, you know, this big map of the yeah. world, right? Yeah. It's covered in gold foil. Okay. And then you scratch off the countries that you visited. Okay. Huh? So yours is empty right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a lot of scratching to do, you know? Uh, I got a little bit more? Okay. That's right. All right. <laughs> How about yours? It was pretty good, man. Um, I planned on doing a little picnic with the family, uh-huh. but with the, the Sunday morning weather and then the humidity being oh. like, a, like a thousand. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't quite work out. I, you know, just walk outside and just instantly started sweating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we changed the plans. Uh-huh. I went to dinner. Kids gave me like little gifts and cards and things uh. like that. And my little one has the trouble keeping secrets. So, of course, while I'm opening it, she's telling me what it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but it, it was a great time. We had a, a really good time. Had some good food, man. Just sit around vegging, you know. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it, it was really cool. Actually, man, I have, to, I have to forward you something. I did a Father's Day video for my church. Oh. Um, yeah. And so the, all four campus pastors did a, a hip-hop song oh. <laughs> produced by yours truly for Father's. Oh, so I'll forward you the link, and maybe we can put it on. Let's the, put uh, that on the Samson site. Yeah, put it on the Samson site. It's pretty hilarious, man. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we'll have to ch- <laughs> check that out. Okay. So that was probably one of the highlights of the day too, because of course while we're in church and I'm sitting there like, I don't know if I should be excited or embarrassed because it's so silly, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, there's two more services that have to you know see yeah, the same yeah, video. Yeah. So man, yeah, but it, the Father's Day was great, dude. It was cool, man. We had a good time. So. All right. Yeah, yeah. So. uh now, what do we got going on? We got a mini meeting today. Yeah, we've got, we got a mini meeting. We've got our guest, obviously. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's the deal. I think that's what we're going to do, and it's going to be, uh, it's going, it's going to be a good show. Let's let's get to it. We'll be we'll be back in just a second. All right. On the Pirate Monk podcast. Oh, a pirate's life is a wonderful life, a roving over the sea. Give me a career as a buccaneer, it's the life of a pirate for me. Oh, the life of a pirate for me. And welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast. Time now for the mini-meeting. Mini-meeting. Welcome to this mini-meeting of the Samson Society. We are a company of Christian men. We are also natural loners who recognize the dangers of isolation and are determined to escape them. Natural wanderers who are finding spiritual peace and prosperity at home. Natural liars who are now finding freedom in the truth. Natural judges who are learning how to judge ourselves aright. And natural strongmen who are experiencing God's strength as we admit our weaknesses. As Christians, we meet at other times for worship, for teaching, and for corporate prayer. Today, however, we meet to talk. Our purpose is to assist one another in our common journey. We do so by sharing honestly out of our own personal experience the challenges and encouragements of daily Christian living in a fallen world. Our, uh, okay, we've now reached the sharing portion of our meeting. In sharing, we speak honestly out of our own experience. We tell the truth about ourselves, knowing that our brothers will listen to us in love and will hold whatever we say in strictest confidence. We try to keep our comments brief, taking care to leave plenty of time for others. We address our statements to the group as a whole rather than directing them toward any one person. As a rule, we refrain from giving advice to others or instructing them during the meeting, believing that such conversations are best reserved for private moments between friends. The suggested topic today is... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Fantasy. Fantasy. There you go. Okay. Uh, but uh, we're not confined to that subject. You may speak about any issue that's currently commanding your attention. 
Uh, the floor is now open for anyone who wishes to speak. Well, I'm Mondo. Hey, Mondo. I think I'm going to switch it up a bit. Okay. Uh, hot topic as of an hour and a half ago. Oh, okay. Going off topic. What well, do you got? Well, it's, it has some sort of... Uh, it's similar to fantasy, but not... I'll, I'll okay, okay. That's fine. All right, so... Um, my biological father passed when I was in 10th grade, and I was raised by my stepfather since the age of one. Um, and I, so I recently received an uh, a email from a family member on my biological father's side, some pictures of, of my biological father. And what's interesting is uh, we really didn't have a relationship, so you know, I probably saw him all of 10 times between you know, zero and and uh, in 10th grade mm. and you know no no malice no I'm not mad I'm not I'm just you know I don't know to do mm. you know what I mean so but what's interesting is you know I hear a lot of stories you know from my mother good and some challenging hear some you know things like that even some things that were told to me uh, on his deathbed by him uh, very uncomfortable because I feel like there's a there's a stranger telling me some stuff about a situation that I don't even know if I was there or not. Uh, so it's just very, very awkward. So I, I positioned it in my head as he's pretty much like Santa Claus. There's this guy that I know of, uh, like the kind of like the Easter Bunny. You know, it's just as, you know, I have it. It's like a story that I heard around a campfire once. And then as my family and other people mention things or send me pictures, it's like, hey, remember this story you heard? And I'm like, yeah, I remember it. I think that was an interesting story and his side of the family has expectations of me to feel certain ways which makes it challenging because uh, and this, is, this is going on in my family right now because you know there was pictures sent to me and I didn't react a certain way that was pleasing to everybody you know everybody's like you know wow we found this is great and I'm like cool um, of course they, they lean they immediately go to well, why are you mad? Mm. <laughs> well, I'm not mad. I don't have any feeling. Um, just, okay, cool, you know. No disrespect, no nothing. I just, I, I, can, I can't feel something for something that really didn't exist. It's hard. You know what I mean? It's really difficult. So, so, uh, so right now, you know, I, I told uh, one of my relatives, I said, you know, what's interesting is I, I've compartmentalized this character called my father in in, uh, in this little pocket of other fantasy slash imagination kind of things, you know, uh, Easter Bunny back when I was little, <laughs> you know, Chris, uh, Santa Claus, XYZ, you know, father, same pocket. And as things are introduced to me, and even I know of some of these good stories, some of the challenging stories, some of the horror stories, when pictures and things are sent to me and I see I look just like this dude and you know people are more, they're more telling me guess what the boogeyman really is real it rocks me because it's like oh, hold on a second hold on a second no that's he's over there with Santa Claus and, and my little teddy bear Fred and <laughs> you know all the little people I thought was alive back then you mean tell me that this joker is really legit like he was actually breathing and for real the boogeyman is real. Like all these stories I heard are actually real, and 
and then you want me to feel how you feel, it's, there's a major pull going on right now. Um, and, and just between me and my, that side of the family. And I'm trying to get them to understand my side of it, <clears throat> not to say they need to think like me, but to at least understand where I'm shooting from. Uh, of course, their whole view is you're mad, you need to go to counseling. You need to go fix that. You shouldn't feel that way about your dad. I'm like, I didn't say anything about the man, and I didn't say I hated him. I didn't. I don't. I didn't say anything bad. All I said is I don't know the guy, and I just don't know. You know, I don't have anything to pull from. So, <clears throat> so when I mentioned that whole, you know, imaginational, you know, dream kind of thing, uh, and use that illustration, uh, of course, a lot of fence was taken. Well, how do you, you know? <laughs> It just it went off the radar, man. You know, and so it, it's it's a really hot topic right now where uh, I'm trying to explain it to them. You know, and and, I, and this is what really this is what ended it today so far. Uh, I told them, you know, before he passed, he walked with me down the hallway. He had he had throat cancer, so we're walking down the hallway. He asked me to take a walk with him down the hallway with the you know his gown on, IV, you know, walking down the hallway and, and wanted to talk. I'm in just get out of ninth grade. Of course, ninth grade is pretty awkward anyway, socially. So, this, so put that element in the room. We're walking down the hallway, and he's telling me these things about my childhood, past, you know, all kind of crazy things that I don't remember. Things that he may have that he did to my mother. Things that that he didn't do, didn't do, all that kind of stuff. And I told my family, I said it felt like I was verbally molested by a man that I don't know walking down the hallway half naked with an IV sticking out his arm. And at that point, it just got, I was like, sorry for the graphic detail, but that's what it felt like. So it's just, it's, it's just, just go to the hospital, go to Vanderbilt right now, mm-hmm. pick a guy and have him vent all his secrets to you and make it, you know, seem that it's about you while you're walking down the hallway in that, in that kind of situation. It will feel exactly the same. And so, so uh, when you said to bring up something happening right now, I'm like, man, that's fresh. That's like right here in my forehead right now. Mm-hmm. You know, with, uh, it's frustrating, because it's like, it's, I don't have any frustration necessarily with him. I'm just trying to get my family to understand my point of view, and I'm being just, just straight gauntlet, man. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, Especially with my my little brothers, my half brothers, that's that's where the pickle is big time, you know, because they have a totally different experience with him than I did. So, it's a, it's challenging right now, man. Just just dealing with that, and it's almost feel it almost feels like you know I heard you guys out, hear me out. I'm I see through your eyeballs and why you feel this way. That's awesome, and that's very cool, you know. However, please put my eyeballs on my shades on for a second so you can see from my perspective and why I view the same person this way. However. I don't, and the cool thing, I think the cool thing about it is that I don't hate the dude. I don't have any, you know, I'm not holding on to anything, no grudges, no anything. I would think somebody would see, notice that and say, you know, we're proud of you, man, that's good. But that's not even being acknowledged. <laughs> so, so, uh, so yeah, man, it, so fantasy, when you said that kind of teared me over to what's going on right now, uh, uh, you know, all of this whole morning so far till now. So, anyway, I'm Mondo. Hey, Mondo. Thanks. Hey. Well, I'm Nate. Hey, Nate. Uh, you know, I, I as a kid, um, I went to fantasy early. 
as a way to, especially it really as my mom got sick when I was in like uh, third grade. Uh, it was about the time when I was really becoming a reader, and books saved my life. And as the family got insane, my mother gets sick, my mother commits suicide, you know, dad remarries, the things that just a mess. Um, I escaped into uh, fantasy long before I discovered sexual fantasy and uh, and just lived off in an imaginary life. And, and I, you know, this is my struggle. I know that there, God gives us the gift of imagination. And it's, and it's, it's an important component of art. And, uh, and I know that, uh, you know, I, one, one of my callings is, is as an artist and a storyteller. And, and um, but I also have lost so much of my real life to fantasy. Uh, you know, after my sexual addiction really became active, uh, you know, there was just no way I could make a real connection with my wife, emotional, physical, any of that stuff, without it being poisoned by sexual fantasy, you know, fueled and fed and defined by a pornography industry. And, and then later, as I ventured into commercial sex, I mean, it just messed the whole thing up. Um, and, and, you know, for years just, uh, you know, poisoned my real relationship with my wife. I was always having to dress up reality with some kind of fantasy. Um, and it, during those years, I did not accomplish much of anything creatively. I would just imagine that I would, or that I was, you know, that I was going to. You know, I imagined more books. Uh, you know, I gave, I ran for office in my head. I gave speeches to the United Nations. I preached to vast crowds in evangelistic campaigns. Um, I had all kinds of conversations with all kinds of people uh, off in the future or trying to remake the past at the same time just being absent from the present. Um, that's kind of for me the double-edged sword of fantasy. Um, it, it, it's possible through imagination to, to you know, to see a, a, a different future uh, you know, to, to 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 kind of imagine beauty and then and then form it. That's a wonderful thing. Um, but there is also something very beautiful about my real life right now. Uh, I'm grateful today that my life is not dominated by sexual fantasy. For years, uh, that was it. Just absolutely dominated my my conscious life and I'm grateful to be uh, released from that thing and being able to be actually present with my wife without having a cast of thousands in the room and, and uh, to be emotionally present in conversations with friends and family not always and not drifting off into some you know some crazy fantasy however you know, right now, um, I'm thinking two books ahead. I've got to finish the book I'm writing right now. I'm already thinking two books ahead. And 
I, I know that I'm spending, I'm wasting too much time imagining some magical life out there when I complete those projects. Um, and I, I'll use that. The th- I've always used fantasy as medication. If there's something about the present that I find uncomfortable or distasteful or uh, difficult, the easiest thing for me to do is just drift away into some imaginary future in which that pain doesn't exist. It's not a it's not a useful thing to do. It doesn't help me come to terms with life as life is, the world of what is. Uh, it doesn't help me to to confront my fear, move toward the difficulty, and overcome it. It doesn't make me a good friend or a good father or a good husband. Somebody who'll actually engage with those who are around me in the struggles they face. Um, And so, you know, I'm trying for me right now, the balance is, how do I nurture imagination and retain, you know, and and sharpen a creative gift while not medicating with fantasy and, 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 uh, and escaping my real life? I'm more and more conscious of the fact that God gives us this life one day at a time. Today is a marvelous gift. Uh, and I'm going to have all kinds of opportunities. i got it right now sitting with you guys in this room. Uh, and there will be more opportunities throughout the day for me to engage real people, to engage my own life. And, um, and the challenge for me is to appreciate and embrace the present and to live, you know, in the naked now. That's me. Thanks. Thanks, Nate. So I'll talk. Uh, Brian. Hey, Brian. This is my first mini-meeting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you said the subject would be f- fantasy, uh, the, the the immediate connotation was to go somewhere dark. And but but I'm not sure fantasy has been a completely dark thing in my life. I have a similar story to yours. I mean, I think fantasy left uh, run run rampant will always end in darkness somewhere. But I mean, I, I grew up the son of an evangelist, so I lived in a in a trailer that we pulled. I lived behind churches in my early life, so I had no stability or friendships really, other than sort of you know bringing what was from the last church to the next church and I was homeschooled and alone most of the time so fantasy was sort of the way I lived I'd go into the church and play the song service and then get in front of the pulpit and preach the same sermon my dad had preached that I'd heard a hundred times already to the empty pews and and literally, I was so enamored with the crucifixion, I'd go out in the parking lot and find wood and crucify myself with rocks and, uh, you know, do the whole passion narrative. And my mom would call me for lunch and, you know, I'd be thinking, I'm dying for the sins of the world here. <laughs> Can't you hold on a minute with the PB&J? <laughs> and so, you know, that's kind of kind of my life. Um but as I've gotten older and, you know, responsibility comes in and everything, um, 
you have to become tethered to the real world and I'm an artist as well so you know creating sort of makes you reach for what is not and try to bring it into your real world and that's I think a hard thing for artists I've been producing records for 20 years I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of artists and I've kind of come to believe that they're just wired a little bit differently. They'll go way down, way down deep and kind of come up with this beautiful gem of something but be completely insecure about it while they're offering it to the world. And, you know, most people just want them to get their act together and have a normal life, and it's not quite possible. And I've wrestled with that in my own life. And the irony, at least for me, is that if I go to fantasy, whatever kind of fantasy, it's really triggering the same thing inside me that faith requires. Um, and, uh, yeah, so so fantasy for me requires the same thing that faith requires for me. And I'm not sure that that's across the board, but for me, that's what it's like. But if I'm going to fantasy and I'm kind of creating this reality, then it's it's... It's my creation, whereas if I'm going into faith, there's a, it's a free-for-all. There's n you're not going to contain this unknowable God, this, you know, the Holy Spirit that's going to take you in counterintuitive ways all the time. So I, I can say fantasy for me, if I'm just sitting here dreaming like two books ahead or something, I'm just dreaming about these conversations that I would like to have, or, man, I wish I would have said this, that would have shut them up right then and there, man, if I would have said this in front of those people, they would have cried, or, you know, whatever. Um, that's kind of my projected idea of hoping for something and having evidence of something not seen, which is what faith is. Whereas if you step into that same place, um, willing to go wherever the Holy Spirit's going to take you, um, then the adventure really does unfold. So I'm I'm still trying to, to sort that out because like really dark sexual fantasy or violent fantasy or all these you know other kind of fantasies haven't been deep struggles in my life. Um, the struggles of my life are more acting out, doing things. But I, this is probably the way that I grew up. But I found that there's a correlation between fantasy and faith um, in that. They sort of require the same DNA. Yeah. So that's me. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Hey, I'm Mike. Hey, Mike. And this is my first mini meeting as well. Just kind of bouncing off of what Brian was just saying that, um, you know, when Nate brought up the, the topic fantasy, I was thinking, you know, it seems like my whole life is a fantasy now. Um, it's like you were talking about, Mondo, with your dad. And, you know, we haven't seen God the Father. So we have to trust, we have to have that faith that, if you call it fantasy or faith, that God is and that he loves us. And um, just even yesterday I was thinking about um, heaven. And, um, you know, God says... I go away to, or Jesus said, I'm not, you know, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And um, I really started thinking about that. And I'm like, he's going away to prepare a place for me, specifically for me, that's going to have 
you know, my color schemes or my, you know, whatever, the, the things that, that God knows that he's going to want me to be in. So, I don't know, I just, uh, right now I'm living in a place where it seems like the whole thing is fantasy slash faith that God actually cares for us and one day uh, you know even this morning thinking some listening to um, the Bible reading this morning and you, you hear these things in the Bible where people are being raised from the dead or fire is coming down from a prophet saying you know burn up these guys and I'm going you know why don't why don't we see those things today why do we read this in this Bible and we don't experience those kind of things today where we take a, a staff and we put it in the water and then we can walk on dry ground. You know, if those kind of things were happening, we wouldn't be talking about faith fantasy. We'd be talking about reality and we'd be walking in those. So anyway, I just want to bounce off what Brian said and, and throw in my two cents that it feels like as uh, walking in, in faith, the whole thing is fantasy. So there's my two cents for today. I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Well, that's it for this mini-meeting. We'll come back with our interview here on the Pirate Podcast. Father, hear me when I pray. Send the Savior on his way. Holy Spirit, come and stay. Lord, I'll need you all this day. I am weak and weary, worn. I am bitter and forlorn. Such a dark and dreary lane. Come and take my weary hand. And we're back on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Well, I had a very special treat this last week. Uh, I went down to uh, Spring Hill, ventured far afield down to drove all the way down to <laughs> Spring Hill. I don't go to Spring Hill very often. It's yeah. not that far. I don't know why I don't go south. Well, it's one of those places that you intentionally have to go to Spring Hill. Yeah. You just don't pass through. Like, you pass through Brentwood. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Through, yeah. You know, you just don't pass through Spring Hill that often, unless you're going to Columbia, maybe. There you go. But, yeah, Alabama. but why would you go to Columbia? I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so so I pointed so I pointed the old family car south and drove down to Spring Hill. Yeah. Went to this place that I have been hearing about. Okay. Uh, called the Wind Farm Cafe. Mm. Right there on uh, on Highway 31 in Spring Hill, mm-hmm. north side of Spring Hill. And uh, where where uh, these a bunch of crazy, you know, kind of uh, artsy Christian people. Uh, have a first-class coffee shop and cafe, uh, but also, uh, and, and they do, uh, there is a worship service there, an Anglican worship service on Sunday morning, and on Tuesday nights, 
uh, to a vast internet audience, as well as a, a studio audience right there in the cafe, uh, they started something called Vox Talks. And uh, they got six or eight uh, cameras in the room, and you talk to the people there in the cafe, and then uh, you answer questions from the folks in the room and from the folks on the web. It was very, hmm. very cool. That's Tuesday nights? Yeah. That's Friday. Cool. Friday nights. Friday nights. All right. Why did I think it was Tuesday? It's Tuesday on the web. And they can download it anytime. Oh, okay. okay. Anytime. Got you. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Did I go on Friday? You're right. I went on Friday night. So you could tell. I'm so screwed. That's all right, Nate. We love you. It was Friday night. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was Friday night. Okay. Okay. Friday nights are the Vox Talks. Anyway. Um, now, Very cool. Uh, and it was just a few days before that. Maybe it was on Tuesday that I met that I met Brian. Another guy I'd heard about. Okay. That, that makes it work. Doesn't it work, Michael? Sure it does. But this is I want to hear I want to hear the uh, how Wind Farm Cafe got started. I want to hear about Vox Talks, and I want to hear the role played by this other just fabulous idea, the Daily Audio Bible. So uh, Brian, uh, our guest today is Brian Harden uh, of the Daily Audio Bible. Uh, and during your sharing, thanks, by the way, Brian, for jumping oh, in a on pleasure. the meeting. My pleasure to be here. And so good to have you here. So so you told us a little bit during your sharing about your, your, uh, your growing up years. Uh, how, are, do you have siblings? I have one brother. Okay. Older or younger? He's four years younger. Okay. And so uh, while you were growing up, your dad was an itinerant evangelist mm-hmm. uh, in the U.S.? Yes. Any particular part of the country you guys used to drift around? Well, we went all over, but uh, the sort of Michigan to Florida corridor. Oh, really? Was where we spent most of our time. D- uh, did your mother play the piano and the organ? No, she really? didn't. She chased me around. Oh, okay. Pretty much. Uh huh. <laughs> see, I have this. To me, I have this stereotype of the traveling evangelist. His wife always has to. No, play. see, the way that my father was a singer, so the and and he had you know cut. Ne- Albums in Nashville. Oh, really? And uh, so the way that it worked uh, was he had th- these big reel-to-reel tape uh-huh. machine, this two-track tape machine, and uh, so you didn't have CDs, you didn't have even cassettes at this time, and so he'd kind of cue up the song that he was going to sing while he's introducing it. Right, right. And um, because it had leader. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, and he, he would just do this this whole thing. So did you get called in eventually to to run sound? Did you get involved in doing any of that stuff? I was stuff? too young. He became, you know, he settled down and became a a local pastor oh. by the time I was 10. Oh, really? So those first years, but yeah, I mean, I was employed as the boy soprano choir a lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the greatest wounds of my life happened at that time that really, it's interesting how if you go digging in the dirt... You find out some of the things that you've agreed with from the messages that you've received mm-hmm. that form the rest of your life. That that time, I mean, I would sing every week. They'd drape me in this um, like sheet, like bed sheet, mm-hmm. put me up on a chair, mm-hmm. and my dad would play the piano, and then I'd I'd sing, and it was cute, and mm-hmm. I'd sing. Um, he touched me, right? Yeah. Shackled by a heavy burden, right? Yeah. Right, no doubt. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember where it was or how it was, but I forgot the words. And everybody laughed. And I jumped down off that stool and ran out of the, the auditorium with my sheet 
like Superman grounded, you know, and um, I remember, I mean, I, I would have been maybe seven or eight, and I, I, I remember thinking, I'll never, I'll never get in front of another person again. I'll never put myself in that position again. And so the way that it dictated my life, even in my art, was to rather than become a front artist, was to become a record producer, to be somebody behind the scenes so mm-hmm. that you can't, couldn't be in that position again. So uh, the thing that's ultimately changed all that and allowed me to kind of realize more of what I was created for was the Bible, which is, um, which is one of the things we talk about today, the Daily Audio Bible. I... So tell me how that came about. How did you make the transition? Where did the idea come from? And yeah, yeah. So many of these things are so long stories. But the the long and short of that story is that there was a company here in Nashville that had kind of bought the entire independent music landscape for a season, and they had a lot of veterans and a lot of money. And I got in at the ground floor of that and made a couple of records, and they went bankrupt. And they went bankrupt owing me my life savings. Mm. And so it it's sent me home to truly consider whether I cared about this thing called Christian music anymore, whether I really cared about this sort of semi-agnostic faith I'd been living, period. And I felt like this is a kill-or-be-killed sort of town mm. Um ethics are very situational mm-hmm. uh, I had been told for the for the last time it's nothing personal it's mm-hmm. just business mm-hmm. and um, that really finally gave me the crisis of faith which everyone seems to need to make that final leap those that was the stew mm-hmm. and I stirred the pot and was truly deciding whether to be an atheist just screw the whole thing jump back in, kill or be killed, mm-hmm. start drinking on purpose, you know, whatever it was going to take, just go for it, full out, and, you know, try to try to survive, or really embrace the faith of my father. Mm-hmm. Because I watched my dad really take a lot of tough shots over the years and remain true to his faith. And I realized I've never ever been challenged. I've had a comfy life. I've been successful. I made it in Nashville. I, um, and I've never I realized that I never needed God to show up mm-hmm. if he didn't show up I'd show up mm-hmm. and now I did and so I, I took the leap of faith and in, in taking that leap I decided I probably ought to read the Bible mm-hmm. and so I started reading it and this would have been in 2004 2005 I started reading it every day and then I'd get busy and stop reading it but that was for the first time I felt something was missing in my life mm. when I stopped reading it. For the first time, it was making some sense to me. So it was December 2005. I woke up. I had apparently had a dream. I don't remember a dream, but I woke up, and the first thought that I had was, I want you to podcast the Bible. Mm. And this is a couple weeks before Christmas, and that literally, because of the wound of my life, mm-hmm. because of the busyness of the music business, uh, would would have been the last thing I'd have ever considered doing, mm-hmm. but it just wouldn't leave. It was like cassette tape playing over and over in my head. I want you to podcast the Bible, so I did. I figured it out. It took a long time to figure out. In those days, there were no programs to so just do it. Mm-hmm. 
got to write, you know, some XML code and stuff. And I got this podcast out uh, just before before the new year, just saying, I'm Brian, and I have no idea what this is going to be like, but I'm going to read the Bible. And I truly expected five people. I, I kind of expected a room like this, only virtually. Yeah. We'd go through the Bible together. We'd email each other. Yeah. Maybe at the end of the year, we'd all come together somewhere in the country <laughs> and have a coffee or a beer or something and yeah. celebrate the fact that we'd, you know, got that on our off our bucket list. Right. And so I had no idea what was about to happen, which was just explosive growth and a, and a real connection that was was life changing completely for me. Mm. Mm. So, uh, so you started uh, reading the Bible every day. People could subscribe to the podcast, and then. Uh, and then, and that takes us through the Bible in the course of a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we start January first in Genesis, yeah. Matthew, mm-hmm. Psalms one, and Proverbs one, and then just work our way through the Old and New Testaments at the same time, mm-hmm. through the Proverbs and the Psalms at the same time. Yeah. So it's a little little bite of each. How has your life been impacted? Now you've made this commitment. Uh, you pretty much you got, you've got to read that Bible every day. Uh, how has that? And I want to hear from Mike too, because I know that just getting involved with uh, as a subscriber of Daily Audio Bible has had a revolutionary effect in Mike's life. What's it been like for you? How have you found yourself formed or reformed by a daily exposure to Scripture? Yeah, I would probably say transformed. Mm. Um, the Bible I discovered actually has a voice, and it doesn't need someone to speak for it. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a bad thing. I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. So do uh, you know? So does every pastor around the country. But it has a voice, and if allowed the space for context. Um, it can speak, and it can be the voice of God, and it can be as dynamic and relevant to what you're facing on any given day as if Jesus were in the room talking. He'd be saying the same things. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's it's changed everything, but also feeding, I guess that is what I would say, feeding on the Word of God, this spiritual nourishment that happens... Um, is one of those things that maybe can't be explained. Mm. Putting the Word of God in your life every day changes everything. So I would say I've read the Bible every day for six years now, and I'm not the same man at all. Mm -hmm. And it's not just because there's been six years of life for me. It's because of the Bible Mm -hmm. and its counsel. I thought of the Bible early in my life as something to be quite afraid of because, you know, in the evangelistic itinerant years, salvation, you know, was the key. You had to, I mean, it was hellfire and brimstone days. Mm-hmm. And so I spent a lot of my early years basically feeling like Jesus loved me, but his dad was really pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, so that's kind of my framework for God. And, 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 and as I, as I grew, I just kind of 
grew away from that. It was, it's just such a burden to to bear that everything that you do has something wrong with it. Mm-hmm. So you just end up tossing that away. But coming back to the counsel of the Bible um, and looking at it as less of something to judge you or less of something that you have to live up to mm-hmm. and realizing now this is the loving counsel and the framework for how you were created. Changes everything. It's the Bible is my best friend, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of look at it in those terms now, rather than you know, this is this is what I am supposed to stack up to, and this is what is supposed to show me what I'll never be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I believe it's it's the framework for life. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we got. Mike on Mike, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but I, I, I'd, I'd be interested to hear uh, Michael. Now you, you're you're working with Daily Audio Bible, and I and I I know that it's just it's a it's a passion thing for you. Mm-hmm. It it uh, so, so tell tell us about you know how this has impacted your life. Uh, I I stumbled across the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, five and a half years ago, something like that. And um, basically, I, I, I've come to the, the thought process that there's a, a handful of things that most Christians always feel guilty about. Mm-hmm. Um, one, we never tell people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. We never do, do some kind of evangelism. So we mm-hmm. have this kind of underlying guilt about that. Um, we don't pray enough. We always feel like, man, we should, really should be praying more. Um, and one of the other major things is, yeah, I I just never get personally into the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I have been a believer for 24 years, so since I was 18. Um, you know, California drug addict lifestyle, and then. Um, got turned around and, and and so it's been 24 years and I was in some pretty good solid churches um for those those times but I always had that underlying guilt that I w- was never in the word enough mm-hmm. I'd crack open the psalms or, or mm-hmm. get a proverb here and there maybe but um but always quote feeling like you're not doing what you should be or digging in enough then along came this podcast and these these smartphones where, you know, if you're traveling or or you have a commute or you exercise or whatever, then you can just download it and listen to it. So then the second wave of guilt. Now I'm I'm listening to this podcast on a regular basis. And the second wave of guilt is now you're just this lazy fat American who's downloading a podcast and listening to the Bible in your car or when you're waking up and so this this next wave of guilt of you know you're just a you're just a fat lazy guy just you you can't the picture that i had is you're supposed to have a your alarm set at 4 a.m you're you're supposed to wake up by candlelight with you know all your strong's concordances out and studying and digging and that's how you study the bible Mm -hmm. that's that's what the real guys do and um so it was it was I justified it shortly thereafter saying at least I'm doing more than I did. Mm-hmm. And so I just stuck with it and I just for the last uh you know several years it's it's been 
now almost a daily basis when i when i skip a day i'd go through this wave of of guilt now now do i catch up or do i just do i do i have to listen and and then catch up to where i am or do i just you know forget that burden of guilt and just start again today and so it's it's just been this completely transformational thing and i i i i personally have a love for the local church but I believe that we've blown it and that we have a calling as Christians to make disciples. And what we've done is we've made dependents that have to show up on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. They've got to maybe show up on, on Wednesday night, mm-hmm. but they've got to come, hear the voice of the pastor, cut it up and serve it up with the little gravy on the mm-hmm. side yeah. for you on Sunday morning. So to me... Um, now being in the Word on a daily or at least a regular basis in a consumable way, mm-hmm. in a way that I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people say, well, it's probably because you're an, an, an auditory learner. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's baloney. I think that's all of us, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Humankind has only been reading these these words for only, you know, amount, a certain yeah. amount of time. But we've all... We can all sit around the campfire and listen. Yeah. So we're all auditory learners. Mm-hmm. So now as I'm continually chewing on the word and it's coming into my, you know, some days are more powerful than others, but I show up on church strong and healthy. I don't show up needing that Sunday morning shot in the arm. Mm. So to me, this is, it's, it's that healthier, stronger, daily vitamin exercise, good yeah. food. Yeah. Then you show up Sunday morning, and you're ready to rock and roll. And this is such a, a, a crucial uh, component of good recovery. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, uh, you know, if we're caught, especially in early recovery, caught in the battle trying to overcome an addiction, we can, I mean, it's just so easy to overlook this great gift that we had uh, as believers. Um, yeah. And so th- uh, I'm so grateful, Brian, that you uh, were obedient to that voice yeah. and uh, and did the work and got the thing going. And you got a boatload of subscribers now, an awful lot of believers. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a question for Brian. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, I'm a listener to this podcast, and I'm, I'm hearing you talk about you know the, the podcast that you have, and mm-hmm. and I'm interested in being a subscriber. Um, and well, Mike was talking about that guilt. Uh, I'm a busy guy. Right. I have a lot going on. Uh, but with your podcast is very interesting. I want to plug in, but guess what, man? Next week I'm going to be out for two days. Um, you know, doing something where I'm won't, I'll be out of communication. Um, you know, I don't want to be that guy that's kind of slacking you know i don't want to be that guy that's in and out uh do i have to you know i don't want to feel guilty about missing a day sure. or two or a week or whatever what What do you say to that guy take your bible there you go you're gonna have lunch mm-hmm. right you're not gonna you're not gonna miss dinner so we have a reading guide that we follow each year all the way through the the bible so yeah. so so take your bible along yeah because i think a lot of people will will commit but of course you know when it's a daily you know regiment and they feel like they may miss a day or two 
that guilt starts seeping in. Yeah, that's an interesting thing, and um, I'm not I'm not sure it's something that a person should feel. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that we look at scripture as something. Okay, I need to get into this routine. I need this discipline in my life, just like I might need some exercise in my life, and you know. It, so I, I need to, to stick with it so that I've formed a habit. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think ultimately you will learn that the Bible isn't a habit. Um, you may need that um, regularity, and you do in your spirit. But I think um, pretty soon you realize, now this is something that I need just as much as I need food. Mm. This is how my inner life stays nourished and um, it's ironic that you know most Christians are running around anemically malnourished Mm. like Mike was saying kind of the one meal a week is the one Sunday meal and everything else from there is just grasping for some sort of promise or or some bit of comfort mm. to get through some kind of crisis. So it's these little minor and major crisis to crisis management things that we go to the Bible for, which is not the point of the Bible at all. It's the framework for life. So um, I think the habit thing goes away once you start really inserting it into your life and finding the results from it. Yeah, it's the the illustration you use in exercising, you know, where uh, my wife talks about it a lot, where people make it part of their lifestyle, not just something to do to feel good, knowing you're going to get results, but it becomes part of your lifestyle, not, mm-hmm. not a, a task on the to-do list. Right. Yeah, and and I, the only reason I ask that question is because, you know, I know some, some people who would be definitely be interested, but they may feel bad if they have to miss a day or two or... I mean, a lot of people love to check off each day that they've read, and that's good because it gives you this sense of accomplishment that you're moving forward. But the Bible, you know, is your friend. So you just reapproach your friend, pick up where you left off. God can speak to you every day. And yeah. Hey, tell us about uh, Wind, Wind Farm Cafe, Vox yeah. Talks, how that come about, what's your vision, where, where are you headed? Yeah, so the Daily Audio Bible grew fast and furious, mm-hmm. and it's really never stopped. So it's become this vast vast global community of people going through the Bible together every year. Mm-hmm. And in in many ways, it's become a bit of a family. It's this large ecumenical thing where everybody's there for the same reason, yeah. to find spiritual nourishment and yeah. to grow in their faith. And so once we solidified as a community, we began to look for all of the technologies we could find to interact with each other. How can we do this? And there's no way to completely always do it in real time because we're all over the world. Mm -hmm. So there are things that we do in real time, and then there are things that are like less time-based, like forum conversations and that kind of stuff. This whole wind farm thing came about in 2008. Literally, I've in in my life had two things that I felt like were complete, clear directives from God. I want you to podcast. The Bible was one of them. Mm And the second one came in the summer of 2008. I was in the Catskill Mountains teaching at an artist retreat. And I had used this text from Ezekiel chapter 37, which is the Valley of the Dry Bones. Mm-hmm. And in, in, that, um, in that chapter, Ezekiel the prophet is invited by God to call the four winds. 
the breath of life into these dead bodies that they might live again and they rose up a great army and um on my way back from that retreat i felt the holy spirit say i want you to build a wind farm and that was directly from that chapter some kind of context where we as a global community could constantly be calling the four winds could constantly be asking for the breath of life to come into the, what is dry and dead and be resurrected and so it the the first uh, manifestation of that was that the daily Eddie bible community started praying around the world around the clock in 2009 so we've been praying 24 hours a day since then and so it's like, how do you do that? And we had to look for these technologies. We've always adapted technologies for our uses. So we use this Internet radio technology to do this. And you can tune into it any time and hear worship and prayer and the prayers of the people coming in from all over the world mm-hmm. constantly. Um, and then Wind Farm just grew to become the moniker for everything we did as a daily audio Bible community, whether that be missions um, whether that be outreaches, whatever we do. So planting the Wind Farm Cafe in Spring Hill was sort of the next step because I realized that we have a very vibrant community and the Internet is a great place to be authentic. Mm-hmm. It's a great place to be whatever you want to be, right? Yeah. But, I mean, when you're trying to find some sort of place to offload what's really going on, the Internet's great for that because you can say things among that community that you would get probably crucified for mm-hmm. were you to bring them out in your local community. And I just kept seeing that happening, like in the men's forums, the same things that you experience, I've experienced by looking at the 1,500 men that are in that group, mm-hmm. shouldering each other's burdens in a very authentic way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and same with the women. And um, same with the college and young adult, the, that struggle. It's, it's a very authentic place. So Wind Farm Cafe is an attempt to, in a physical location, find a way to represent what we've been doing on the Internet. It's kind of like this reverse plant mm. from the Internet to the physical world. And so we're trying to model what authentic small community could look like, yeah. what a little militia of people can do to impact the world. But it's always been with that virtual focus because that's where we come from. It's our DNA. Mm. So hence the cameras and the kind of stuff that we're doing with Vox Conversations and all. Yeah, that's awesome. Vox Conversations. Well, um, I feel like we could talk for hours, but we're coming, coming to the end of our time. Yeah. What a great visit. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you. For coming. Uh, And, uh, where can guys get the uh, uh, guys and girls? Because we got all kinds of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How how can they find the Daily Auto Bible? You guys have apps. What's the deal? Yeah, sure. Uh, DailyAudioBible.com would be the place to jump off mm-hmm. and find out more. But you can find the Daily Audio Bible with anything that can get a podcast. Just search for it. It's one of the more popular podcasts, and you'll find it right away. iTunes is obviously the primary place mm-hmm. to get podcasts. So if you go to religion and spirituality, you'll find it immediately. Or just search Daily Audio Bible, you'll find it immediately. And it does have its own iPhone and iPad app. And uh, our Android app will be out within about a week and a half. Cool. So, anywhere. All right. 
And uh, we'll be back in just a second on the Pirate Monk Podcast. But you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Maybe a rock and roll addict dancing on the stage. Money plus at your command, women in a cage. You may be a businessman or some high degree thief. They may call you doctor or they may call you chief. Well, Mondo, we're at the end of another great episode. That was an excellent conversation, wasn't it? Yes, indeed. Loved it, man. Okay. Aaron blew it. That's my fault. My fault that Aaron wasn't with us. We'll have him back with us next week. We will be podcasting next week. All right. And uh, what we got going on in the uh, Samson world? Well, uh, I want to remind guys of Art DeArmond's companion book to Samson and the Pirate. Oh yeah, we had Art on about what ten episodes ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Traveling Companion available now on Amazon, uh, or you can get the Kindle version. If you want to do a book study with some other guys of Samson the Pirate Monks, Art does a great job of kind of modeling the disclosure of his own story. He's got excellent discussion questions there. If you want to take a bunch of guys through the book in uh, in a few weeks, uh, Art's book, Traveling Companion, is a great resource. And you can find that uh, on the main page at samsonsociety.net. Also, uh, on the main page, you can uh, reserve your spot at the next 48 Hours of Frankness, coming up in Boone, North Carolina, on the, on the weekend of August 5th. Yes. All right. Until next week, goodbye. God bless. Uh, this is Nate Mondo signing off with our good friends Brian and, and Mike from the Pirate Monk Podcast. <laughs> Shame